0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. that we are going to talk about connection in such an isolated time. Some of you have literally been alone now for so many weeks, you have lost count. And so let me just say, this is hard. We were not built to live this way. We are supposed to live in community. And if there's ever been a time for a message like that, it's right now because we're all well aware that we need each other. So I want to start with just God's plan for it. I want you to understand how he created community, that this wasn't some optional you know, suggestion for our lives. We were created from community. God is three and God is one. In himself, he has community. God the Father, God the Son, and God of the Holy Spirit. He birthed us out of his own communing with himself, with the Father, with the Son, with the Spirit. So I know that is a really mind-blowing concept. If you've never heard it before, I'm not going to camp out there, but it's important to realize that even God himself exists in community. And if God himself exists in a community, then how much more are we going to need it as we go in our little finite, frail little life here? So... I want to start with this is God's plan from the beginning. He actually, when he built Adam and Eve, he said it is not good for man to be alone, and the animals weren't cutting it, so he created a woman. And I'm telling you, this is how God wants it to be, and it doesn't have to be this idea of marriage as we think of it. It is the community of God, that the church of God would be this family, that we would function as a body and play our different parts and encourage each other as long as it's called today. There is a plan throughout this book. Continually, he is talking about one another's, how we treat one another, how we care for one another, how we serve one another, how we encourage one another. It's a massive theme of the Bible. And the reason it's such a theme is because we can't live without it. So he designed us to not be able to meet all our needs in ourselves that from the time we're born, we need somebody to feed us. We need people in our lives. Kurt Thompson talks about coming out into the world, being born into the world, and we're looking for somebody looking for us, that our souls are looking for somebody looking for us from the time we are born and all along the way we're kind of still even at you know in our 40s we're still looking for somebody looking for us because we want to live known and attached and connected to other people and now we find ourselves in quite a challenging spot we've all been somewhat isolated from our communities for weeks now and and what does it look like to potentially you know we don't know what's ahead but potentially to continue trying to do life together as we are living apart. And I want to say that qualifiers of strong, awesome community are not that many. We just moved to Dallas a couple years ago. It was a scary thing because we had to start our community all over. I remember saying to Zach, it's like we need to make long-term friends really, really quickly. And the reason I felt that way was I know now, after planning a church and living in really deep community through that, I knew what it felt like to live known. And I knew I could never go back. That I could never have another season in my life where I was not safe to confess sin to people. That I was not known in the sense that, you know, how am I doing with this change in my life and with the struggle that my kid is having or, you know, I I just had to live known and, and I didn't know how to create that fast when we moved. And yet I knew it wasn't optional. And so what we did is we took our time, but once we decided these are going to be our people, we jumped in the deep end. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I wanted to start with Scripture and just say this is what God means when He talks about living life known and seen. It's so urgent and important to our lives. He says in 1 John 1, this is verse 6, "...if we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin." the number one thing we need more than any other thing is to be cleansed of sin. The number one thing we need more than any other thing is fellowship with God. And he says the way all of that is going to come about and be lived out in your life is by living in the light versus the darkness. And the way we live in the light is to confess our sin, to be fully known and transparent about who we are and what we struggle with. And guys, there is not a more freeing concept in your life than to actually believe Romans 8, 1, which is there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, to believe that verse and to walk it out with community, to believe that there is no condemnation so therefore I can say what I need to say, I can bring people into the weakness and the sin in my life, I can live in the light about it so that we can experience God's forgiveness and so that we can grow, so that we can actually change and grow. So when we moved to Dallas and we picked our people, we, we started meeting and I remember just still, even though we had committed to them, I was still so guarded because there's so many reasons to protect yourself from people. I mean, it just, I'm gonna say this and it'll discourage you at first, but hang with me. It rarely goes well, it rarely goes well. And what I mean by that is even when it goes well, it's built on moments that it didn't go well. So the best friends you'll ever have are probably the ones you've had the most conflict with. The dearest people that you've ever done life with, it's been built by these moments that weren't easy, that there was conflict, that there was disagreement, that there were times where that person's hurt you and you've hurt them. And the reason that is, is because living in the light does not mean that all of our sin goes away. It means that we are being cleansed and sanctified from it. That's what First John says, that as we live in the light, he cleanses us from our sin. That sin is being worked out, pruned out of us. And the way it's pruned out of us is bumping up against other sinners and seeing our own sin. Half of the point of community is that it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to make you at times furious because you're not only dealing with your sin, you're also bumping up and dealing with theirs. God never had a plan of like perfect people doing life with perfect people. He had a plan that we would all be becoming more holy together. And the way that always happens is dang hard. There is not a question I get more on Instagram and email from you in person when we're together than how do I have deeper friends? And how do I have better community? Because you all are craving this and you know that you need it. And yet it is so hard. And so I wanted to set the bar at heart because otherwise we will avoid it and we will remove ourselves from it. And so what I would say is, If you're lonely, it is not on anyone else. And I know that that is hard to hear. And I know people have rejected you. And I know that there are stories of hurt in my own life that I could build a case that you would believe that it was other people's fault and not mine. But the truth is, it's on us. And if that relationship that you're trying so hard to make work is no longer working, that's okay. Move on. But you have to have this in your life. You have to have healthy, safe community in your life. And without it, y'all, we will not persevere. That it is how God built us, that we've got to have people with us to go forward. And that doesn't mean we get codependent on them. That doesn't mean we put all our hope in him. Our hope is in God, but we are sojourning with our people. So for example, I'm working my way. This will not surprise you at all. I am working my way through the Marvel movies in order, not of their creation, in order of how they happened, is so fun i've always wanted to do this and the quarantine has given me a great excuse i'm only like three or four in because i have so many children but iron man one i haven't watched that in so long but guys he is just the biggest jerk i cannot believe this is the guy i cried about dying in the last movie because sorry if you didn't know that it has been out for a long time but he is a jerk i mean he is an arrogant jerk in the first movie And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, what what changes him? I've seen all the movies before, but I couldn't remember. Like, how does he change? Like, what humbles him? And so much of it happens over time because he's in his studio building his suits for his name, for his glory. And over time, two things happen. He gets a mission, and he gets a team. And his mission is clear. His mission is to cause thriving, to rescue from suffering. And his team rises up around him. And at first he doesn't like them and he thinks he's better than them, but he submits to a group. And the power of the Avengers together is so much more powerful than any one of them alone. And that's why actually I love Marvel is because something is built over time and it's built with a mission and it's built as a team. And that is how we were innately made to thrive and to live. Can we do it alone? I don't believe we can. I don't believe there is an Iron Man. I don't think anybody in, in real life, in their studio, in their basement, would build something like that. I think everything should be a team sport. I think we're just so much better together. But even if there could be, even if you could thrive a little bit alone, it will not be God's ideal for you. It will not accomplish all the purposes you could accomplish together. And that's my hope for us. That is actually why I created If Gathering. I had a writing ministry before If Gathering. I was teaching my Bible and building Bible studies, so many things I still do now. But I believe discipleship is a team sport. And I knew that writing books individually would never reach as far as all of us collectively coming together and reaching the world together. And I'm not just talking about speakers and writers, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you and your home with your neighbors and your friends and your people in your church Those of us that call ourselves Christians, all of us coming together and being the body of Christ together and watching him move in our generation. That is like my crazy dream. That's my, you know, Marvel crazy dream that we would as a generation better than any other one before us come together in unity and cause trouble to hell. Like that is what I think about. That is what gets me out of bed in the morning. But to do that, that's going to start not with a global internet hug. (laughs) That's going to start in all of our local contexts, in all of our local churches with our people on the ground. And then all of us saying, you know, I'm growing, I'm being discipled, I'm making disciples, and that's spreading and spreading and spreading. It's the way Jesus did it. He didn't take a microphone to the whole world. He invested it in 12. In fact, almost every time he got crowds, he sent them away, and, and he focused three years of his life on a small group of people because he knew that's what would change the world. And guys, that is my hope, is that we would live so connected that our lives would be radically uprooted by each other, by even the difficulties of friendship and, and doing life together, and that that would change us and we'd become more like Christ. So I told you I was hesitant with this new group that my husband and I were, were a part of. And I remember just that guarded feeling and how am I going to bust through that? And what would it look like on the other side of this, you know, two years from now or five years from now? How would our lives be different if I would really lean into this and not just play it safe, but actually say the things I'm struggling with and, you know, open our lives to them? And guys, within six months, they felt like they had been my friends for six years. And the only thing I can say to explain it, because I know so many of you are craving those long-term friendships that stick together. The only thing I can tell you is that it was a choice on all of our parts to lay down all of our cards, to play the last card, to say it all. And I mean all. Y'all, we have walked through difficulties in marriage together. We have walked through rebellious kids together. We have walked through our own junky sin and confession together. We have walked through what it looks like in our finances. Every one of us has brought our budgets and how much we spend and all of our, like with numbers, people can't believe it. With numbers, we have put all of that before each other and challenged each other and caused each other to be more like Christ. And y'all it has not been easy. There have been times I've walked out and I have not loved them. I have not liked them and I have not loved them, but they have made me better. And this process is supposed to feel like that. It is not supposed to feel like a fun supper club you post on Instagram. It's supposed to feel hard because it's rooting sin. Like First John says, it is cleansing us of our sin. We live in the light. The light is not always friendly. (laughs) The light is not always friendly, but the light produces life and it is where we want to be. Alone in the dark, we can hide everything and everybody publicly can think whatever they want about us. But that is a lonely, isolated life. And so let's get brave. This is what I want you to do. I know some of you are like, I don't have it and it's too late because I'm isolated. Like I can't even reach out. There's not church. There's not small group. I can't find these people. There's always a way. Where there is a will, there is a way. So this is what I'm gonna say. Right now, I want you to decide, I am going to build this in my life, even right now. Some of you, you have Facebook friends in the hundreds, and you don't feel like you have real life friends. I want you to pray that God would give you two names, two names to reach out to, two names to put as a regular scheduled thing in your life. So the way that I've done this, because my life is crazy and busy, I realize I have to stick it in my week every single week. So if right now for us, Mondays is a Zoom call with all five of us, and we talk about everything. It's one hour, we keep it short, and we go deep fast. But whoever your people are, you just gotta be brave and ask. Guys, a lot of you are craving this. A lot of you, we hear from you. And so be brave, and I bet you, it may not be the first person, and it may not be the second or third, but God will bring to mind a name, and you gotta stick with him. Guys, I know this isn't easy. But our hope is to challenge you to reach out anyway, to ask the awkward questions, and I believe it is gonna be worth it. We want you to know about something. My very favorite event at IF Gathering is actually not the big one that all of you might be familiar with. It's actually our smaller leader event. It is so important that we be about training up leaders. So many of you have been blessed by IF Gathering. It's probably because one of these leaders told you about it. But here's the thing. little secret of IF, you are those leaders. Those of you that have never signed up to lead anything, you are the ones that God wants to use to reach your neighborhoods, to reach your towns, to love and make disciples. So we want you this year to be a part of if lead. If you want in any way to invest in the life of one or two other people this year, you are a leader and we wanna help you do it. This is for anyone who leads anyone. So you've gotta sign up. It is gonna be digital this year. We are gonna bring it to your home, to your people. You can gather a few friends in your living room, assuming that we're at a place where a few friends can come. And either way, you can do that through digital ways or in person. So tell your friends, get a few of you, and each of you sign up. It is gonna be incredible. So don't miss it, go to ifgathering.com. We've got links below too that you can, you can check it all out. We just don't want any of you to miss it. It's gonna be our best IF lead yet.